Hello and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate romanticism through art, storytelling, nature, music, poetry, creating, and diving headlong into making arts and crafts dreams come true without any formal training, or storage space, or wherewithal, or enough caffeine. Hello, right. I am unbelievable. And to my co-host for tonight is Queen B, not to be confused with Queen Bay, but uh, Queen B. That's uh, right. This is Emily. You should consider joining us live, catch the video interview live, and interact with our guests via the chat on Twitch every Monday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States. Visit twitch.tv forward slash the modern romantic to follow us and subscribe and follow our social media channels for announcements on who we are having on. Um, hello. Uh, hi, Emily. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How was your week? It was uh, busy. It was busy. It's been busy. You know, spring, things happen. There's graduations and parties and work. <laughs> graduations, parties, and work. I prefer it in a different order. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. I just feel like everybody's spring is always busy. Mine has been for years. And I've always wanted to like have a chill spring, like where I can just go get a garden planted and just enjoy the weather change and go for walks and avoid the soupy mud that ends up happening in the spring. <laughs> you know, I enjoy watching what little plants are popping up and what birds are coming back from the winter and things like that. And been a little busy to appreciate some of that this year. <laughs> Fair. Um, but not too busy to enjoy the, uh, the little seedlings that um, are coming out of your sour cream containers. Right. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I planted my, I started my seeds more than a month ago in like, like I saved containers like yogurt containers and sour cream containers and things like that. So it looks like I'm growing a sour cream plant, <laughs> but it's really a tomato. Um, yeah. And it looks like I'm growing vanilla or is it honey, vanilla, Greek yogurt. <laughs> just out of plant it's just kind of come spewing out of the like <laughs> it's it's just a pepper <laughs> <laughs> i should make one of them like a carolina reaper and that's like <laughs> but anyway yeah that's those are still doing well that's awesome follow me for more gardening tips <laughs> <laughs> do not follow me for gardening tips i will kill all living plants oh <laughs> Uh, I, it's not intentional. I feel like I'm offending our guest tonight. It, it is not intentional. Um, it is that <laughs> you would offend. Why is that offensive? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't add the conditional, um, not by my own fault into that. Um, okay. It's just I just do not have as green a thumb as I would like to. Uh, mostly because, much like you, I stay pretty busy. Um, which is why this week I'm taking a week off for vacation. Um, so today is oh, like day one of vacation. Yay. Um, but a couple of exciting things. Um, one. Does it have to do with bees? It does have to do with bees. Uh, one, I have had this hoodie ready. Um, I just didn't finish the sleeves at all. Um, so I actually finished the sleeves. So this is actually a finished, um, a finished hoodie that I made. Uh, it is bee themed and it has these um 
I don't know, hexagonal colors on them with like a light pink, a light gray uh, over top of this very uh, off-white sort of color with a bunch of metallic bees all over them. In addition to, I went and bought some more mugs because I realized that my mug game was not that great. And I bought this mug that, <gasps> uh, and it was half off at Joanne Fabrics and they have like a whole run of them. And it says, um, hi, honey with a B on it in this nice like golden yellow color and it matches the interior colors that I'm using in my house um, I have golden yellow running throughout my house so it just happened to match up with a whole lot of things um, sorry go ahead yeah well it goes with not just the bees on your shirt but the plant behind you and the plant behind me <laughs> Which, to our listening audience, is not a real plant. It is just, uh, it is a fake plant. Because like we have already established, <laughs> I do not agree with them. <laughs> um, I, I applaud this bee endeavor. I myself am a huge fan of bees. So if you ever find any of that stuff missing, you'll know where it went. Um, well, <laughs> one, that means you will have been inside of my house. And you didn't stop to say hello to me. Um, I am offended. I'm rude. <laughs> I'm just going to have a little sign on my door that just says, I'm so rude. And it's just going to be plastered. And that's the only way that I know that was you. Just leave uh, a little note. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was on Etsy. And I was just looking around for things I love to. <laughs> yes, very nacho much nacho of my, of my life. life. I'll leave you a nacho. <laughs> a nacho chip. Just a nacho chip. Just a chip. I, I'll take a bite out of it first. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what podcast? That was from the, if you don't know what that's from, it's from the, the podcast James Navy when we interviewed him. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you absolutely have to go back and listen to it because it is, it is full of amazing stories. And hashtag nacho of my life is, came from that podcast. It is pro that is probably one of my single greatest phrases uh, that I have or that has <laughs> ever been uttered. Um, well, I'm sorry, I say that with a lot of bias. Um, but talking about the uh, the artists that I wanted to talk about tonight, um, I bought four um, A6 prints, uh, the letter A and the number six prints from a UK seller by the name, and I'm going to get this right. It is. Chocolate Raisin UK on mm. on Etsy. And their whole theme of, of their prints, they make enamel pins, they do a whole lot of things on their shop, but they are celestial prints for pretty much everything. So okay. they'll do like holographic backgrounds for things, or they'll do these little prints or pins. So I bought a run of their um, cat-themed celestial prints done in the celestial style. So here we have the moon. Okay. Let me get over there. Sweet. And I bought the sun, which is like a tiger. Tigery, yeah. The moon was done like a snow leopard. Um, you have the black dwarf, which is kind of like that style of the, the sun, but done in all black. Okay. That's kind of panther looking. It is. And then you have the blood moon. Ooh. Um, 
they did at one point have enamel pins in all of those, um, but I bought them and I was like, oh, I'm going to put these up. And then I realized I don't have nowhere to put them. So I'm actually going to put them into a frame and give them to one of my friends who is very much a celestial sort of enthusiast um, and put them in a nice little frame and give that to him. But he doesn't watch this so show, so I can talk about it openly because he's <laughs> not going to hear it. But also he should really listen to this podcast. Yes, you should, whoever you are. <laughs> Um, but, uh, that is chocolate raisin UK. Um, if anyone would like to go check out their work, um, that you, they can be found on Twitter at, uh, Venetia Jackson, uh, V E N E T I A Jackson, or on Facebook and Instagram at chocolate raisin fury, all one word. Um, that's Facebook and Instagram. I like that name. Fury. I, I know. Um, but Emily, I really want to dive into our guest tonight, yeah. who um, I do have to say that despite only having two hours of sleep to her name, uh, <laughs> has still managed to delight us uh, prior to this podcast began. Uh, would you do the honors of introducing our guest tonight? Yes. Tonight we have with us Percival Thompson, who is known on TikTok for her cottage core and costuming and clothing tutorials so ladies and gentlemen please welcome percy hi hi hey, welcome, welcome to the, the podcast show. thank you thank you um i enjoyed your conversation beforehand i was just like oh, i have so much input um <laughs> <laughs> oh go for it go for it yeah you can join oh, okay. in so i mean so one you brought up the mug from joanne's and i was talking with a friend about joanne's and how they seem to sell everything like you joanne's fabric than everything else. It's like you go on their mugs, teddy bears. They have like different things for stamps, plates sometimes. Like I have a teacher who just goes there and splurges and comes back and says, oh, I got all these things. I'm just like, Joanne, what happened? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I think that's hilarious. Um, and when you're talking about being a plant killer, um, I took, uh, I've taken a couple of like um, fiction writing courses uh, at my college and one of the short stories I wrote was about this uh, person being in line at the store and uh, in front of her this woman was standing with her plant and she thought she was a new plant parent um, so she was trying to give her advice and turns out no she is a serial plant killer and she's just like you know I return them every time I kill them so I get the next one for free x y and z and the woman is just like livid and she can't believe she's standing next to a serial killer and like she just like can't wait till she gets out the store and she's just like i should have just waited behind the man who had the one wrench and it was just like so when you're talking about <laughs> being a plant killer all i can think about that i'd also recommend to you uh get a pothos or um even better as a snake plant these are very durable uh to like lack of care um and so like as in being busy uh these guys are so durable. Um, they're low light tolerant, also drought resistant. So I recommend those. <laughs> I have a few recommendations because I am lack of plants in my house. And you it was one was a, a pothos and then the other one was a, yes, a snake so plant. Pothos, uh, they're the spining plant. They come in a lot of variations. Um, so like that can be really fun. Then another is a snake plant which is also known as a mother's-in-law, uh, has a lot of variations as well. I currently own a moonshine. I love her. It's, uh, well, it's him, but like, um, yeah. And then I also recommend a ZZ. It comes in two different colors, the standard green and then the um, the raven, which is kind of like a black. Um, these are all very good tolerant plants. 
I, I have like more than 20 plus plants in my room. So <laughs> I forgot when I made the introduction of you to add plant parent on there. I meant to, and I forgot. I'm yeah. sorry. You, but Oh, you're fine, love. Um, when you're talking about your garden, I actually last week revamped mine. Yeah. I was outside from like 1030 AM to like 730 PM. Um, yeah. It's a long day. Like, I had to take out all the things I had in the bed at first, which were these ornate plants. Um, and they're perennial, so that babies were popping back up. Um, and so I had to get all of those. Um, then I had to redo the barrier because I did it badly the first time, had a lot of weeds. And so that meant pushing around all this dirt. Um, and then mm -hmm. after that, it was putting up the grid, then planting things. I was outside with a dog who kept stealing my gloves, uh, stealing my <laughs> string. I was just like at my wits. I was just like, Lord, but having a great time. Had a great time, but also don't, don't, don't. Do gardening with a dog. Um, I don't <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, well, they didn't... me. At least you could dig the holes for me. Like, no. <laughs> just help. Help, at least. That's funny. At least. So. Yeah, that's a that's a good therapy day. That long out in the garden. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a crap ton of homework that I didn't do, so I was stressed the next day. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> yeah. Percy. Okay. One thing that I that I do want to ask is we were talking about it before the show, and I want to make sure that we bring this up fairly soon. Is um, so you go by Percival has a pen on some of your social media accounts, but your name is Percy. However, you have you. I want you to talk about the different nicknames that you have, and I want you to talk about your family lineage for a second. Okay. Yes. Yeah. My name's Percy. Um, two syllables, um, six letters. Like Babe is a small name. But instead of like nicknames are meant to shorten your name. No, no, no. My friends and family lengthens my name. So like uh, Percival, which I was first called by my 10th grade teacher. And it kind of just stuck because I love King Arthur. Um, and then we have Priscilla. Um, I think that's pretty fun. Um, and we have Persephone um, and we have Perseus. And so like, I don't know, all these different names people call me. Um, and they just so much longer than my actual name. Um, I really like it, though, because it helped differentiate me because I'm the seventh Percy in my family. I'm directly named after my grandmother and my great-grandmother, but I also have cousins with the same name. And my siblings also have P names. So if we're all in the same room, you're trying to call someone, you call everyone's name before the person you intend because it's just, like, so confusing. Um, but, like, yeah. And we're all women with the name. And I always mention that because Percy is traditionally a male name spelled with a Y, but we spell it P-E-R-C-I-E. Um, and so it's just like, I think it's really cool. Um, and I love also just looking at the name, um, because although we have it as first name and it is recognized as a first name in the past, it, it comes like from Normandy, France, I believe. Uh, and it was a surname at first. And so it's just like, oh, cool. I have no clue how we got the name though. And just like kept carrying it down. Um, so that's pretty hilarious. Uh, I'm just like, okay, I guess someone just liked the name and it stuck. I love how your family has played with it, though, and come up with different versions of it as nicknames. That's really great. Absolutely. Like, we all have different, like, my grandmother is um, Percy Bell. Her mom was Percy May. Like, these were not their full names. It was just, like, add-ons to their names. And so mine's Percival, although when I was little. So we lived in the same house. So they, I'd pick up the phone, and they'd be like, hi, little Percy. Is Big Percy there? Uh, and, like, I just thought it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
funny. I'm glad that you mentioned Perseus because I thought about making my name Medusa for this, just like on a whim. Uh, <laughs> at, anyway. For uh, the podcast, you mean? No, legally. Great taste, great taste. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, uh, for the podcast, yes. Any reason, rhyme or reason, where Percival came from? Yes. So um, I used to say, like, back in middle school, high school, I have three favorite dudes. They all start with A's. Um, it's no order. Uh, we have Aries, King Arthur, and Alexander the Great. Um, <laughs> and so, um, but I was so hardcore in love with uh, King Arthur. I just loved like the lore of it or whatnot. And so my 10th grade English teacher called me Percival one day and I really liked it. And I like learned he was like one of the Knights of the Round Table. Um, and I just like really liked his story. And so it kind of stuck. Um, and like, I was, that was a cool name to put on for uh, my Instagram. Before Percival has a pin, it was like Alice's Mad Hatter. Cause I'm obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. Um, Ooh, yes. And it's Percival has a pin because I was thinking of the phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword. And so um, Percival the Knight has a pen versus a sword. And I used to write a lot of poetry. I was a competitive, uh, like, spoken word poet, uh, as well as a page poet. Um, I'm not as active anymore because um, I'm trying to do long-form writing. Um, but, yeah, so that's how we got Percival. And it kind of stuck. And I have people – I'm a senior in college right now. And I have people who's been in classes with me all four years thought my full name was Percival. Just learned this year it was Percy. And I was just like, we've spoken extensively. What happened here? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> but I also kind of do. <laughs> okay, I'm game. I'm ready. Competitive spoken word. Is that something you can do on the spot like that? And if you can't, oh, I mean, that's fine. You don't I'm have to wouldn't say yes um so um at my school we have like uh, ignite the poetry uh, or ignite poetry collective it's our slam poet uh poetry um like organization and mm -hmm. how we do it is uh stage poets are as good on the page as they're on the stage and so essentially we go through extensive editing reworkings uh before we used to do choreography and memorizing them and it's been a long time it's been a second um I can tell you a good story, uh, but okay. reading your poem, like I could probably find you my name poem really quickly if you wanted me to read it to you. Uh, like I could do that. Um, are you interested? If you want to, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, sure. We're interested all right. in all of it. <laughs> I, no pressure though. Like you can say no. So I don't. Oh. I don't want you to feel like because we didn't talk We're about this back in advance. Dare, guys, say no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'm the most active on. I'm active on my stories on Instagram, but fully actually interaction, TikTok. <laughs> um, and you've okay. got quite a following on TikTok too. Yeah, it was like unexpected really. Um, Cause I got onto TikTok during the pandemic, um, I guess as most people did. And it was more so, I like dressing up um, and I felt so bad. I get dressed up in the prettiest clothes and swoon no one would see me um <laughs> pretty shallow but i'm fine with that um <laughs> and so <laughs> we're fine with that and too. so um i i also had started taking uh classes though in my onesies like i had i own three onesies one's a black cat uh the other is winnie the pooh and the third is a unicorn 
Uh, and so I guess Pegasus or Alicorn. It has like wings and horns. So it's like, yeah. Um, anyways, I, I started taking classes in my onesies from my bed. And I was like, unacceptable. I can't do this. My motivation is gone. And so I was like, I need to be held accountable. And so I just started posting my outfits, uh, like outfit of the day for TikTok. And eventually gained a following. Um, and from there, I somehow drifted on in, from cottagecore because I love sewing and baking. Um, and so I showcased some of that. And we slowly went over into fairycore. Um, and I don't know. It's like kind of the realm I've just inhabited. I, I like exist in a limbo between cottagecore and fairycore. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoy it so much. Uh, I, I do so too. I have canons for characters in my, uh, that I want to share that I haven't quite yet. So, like, fingers crossed, I'll like, actually share them. So, yeah. yeah. But I found the poem. Okay. I don't know if this is the right version, but you'll get it. Um, <laughs> Seven to the throne, we are matriarchy. Stole Percy, pe e a se agree, from masculinity. Made feminine, curved edges, dotted sloping I into E. We bound blood without matrimony for bastards beautiful. Trace stains into branches, watch limbs split into trees, and our matrilin wilt. I never knew Percy Mount. Primordial, she carried seeds on trade winds, mixed mythical, unknown. Percy Bell was hers. A magical woman of flora and fauna, she weaved begonias through her mane. Met a McNab, made Percy May. My grandmother, a red tipped petonia, grew unabashed amongst seven saplings. Raised them as her own, had my mother, then raised me. A woman with no time, she saved everyone, nurturing more than her womb. She was urban with green, green thumb and big backyard. She cultivated family, taught me my place is rooted in power, pruned me pretty, brown belt, wire hanger, switch. I weld my transgressions. She loved me tough. She reared me right, an image of herself, dewy eye. A Percy woman of her time, metal skin, silver tilt, tip tongue, Percival. So, yeah. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I've heard, like, editing videos, I've heard my voice enough times that I've gotten over the immediate shock where you hear what your own voice sounds like. Because you always think you sound differently because how sonics work. Um, and then you hear yourself and you're like, that's me. No, you're lying. But I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, enough people have told me my voice sounds good that I'm just like, okay, I I'm chill. I'm chill with it. And I got multiple voices. You're getting a pretty lower register of my voice. I used to be an ambassador at my school. And so typically when I'm like guiding people, my voice pitches up. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, hi, my name's Percy. And a lot more energy. We're down. We're down. Um, <laughs> I get that. I used to do that at work a lot too when I'd be talking to like a customer. Hi, welcome in. But now I'm Trey used to too. Oh no, I Trey, would give us your voice. You gotta give us your voice. Oh no, I wouldn't do that all the time. Like this is my comfortable register and this is like mm -hmm. my normal speaking voice. But when I would be on stage or with a customer, I'd be like, hi, hello, and welcome so much, blah, 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 da, 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 da. And it was so unnatural. And what people would ask, and I would get people asking me, are you a theater person? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> yes. Are you, no, more, more important question. Are you a musical theater person, though? 
I have one word response for that. Girl, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much Yay. so. Okay. Trey, awesome. Trey, tell us what your education background is. Um, I'm, I'm really not trying to brag. Um, but No, I, I asked I, a question and you're just answering it. Okay. Um, I have two degrees in music. Um, they are specifically music, but the concentration for both has been vocal performance. And, oh. and go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the intro. I'd segue into it. Um, There's a clip on our TikTok of him singing. It's, uh, let me look at what our TikTok. <laughs> I can't remember what our TikTok is. Um, There's a... Um, on, it's uh, mod- it's the modern romantic is our TikTok, and there's a clip of him singing uh, that I posted last week of the toss a coin to your Twitcher that has oh I haven't looked at how many views it has now it was more than any other video I think we had on there but it was a lot considering it was a Twitch clip. <laughs> I'm, I'm not complaining. Um, okay, so you shared, so I'll share. Uh, one of the other things that I did this week is I, sorry, uh, one of the other things I did this week is I sat down and I watched uh, Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix, which I swore I was like, no, I'm going to give it a second um, and I'm going to wait. And then I got so invested in it um, and I fell in love with a song, uh, Come to Your Senses, uh, which is in like the second half of the show. <clears throat> You're on the air, I'm underground, signals fading, can't be found, I finally open up, I would do anything. But you've turned the volume just when I've begun to sing. And that is not the melody at all whatsoever. So please don't clip that anybody. Uh, Okay, guys, take it out of context, clip it, share it now. No, (laughs) no. I'm doing so much displeasure to Jonathan Larson. Absolutely not. No. We're going to get along just fine. (laughs) That was great. And now, now, Emily, uh, Percy and I have shared. Now it's time for you to share your hidden talents. Okay. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Thank you. Okay, guys, we go on tour in like a month. Okay. Our tour manager is going to be Cause. Uh, we will be suited up in the most fancy of um, of leathered armor material. We will also have horses, uh, and Caponis will be there to do our announcements um, for every single show. Yeah, Cause, we're going to need some horse armor for the horses and the oh. horses. <laughs> we're going to need both. We're going <laughs> Not just war. the armor, the horses as well. Did you say we're going to war? I mean, if the horses are getting armor, I don't know who we're battling. Like, we're they battle- won't want to face us. Like, I mean, come on. We're battling Should the be- patriarchy. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sorry? 
Uh, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around this visual yet, but <laughs> I, we have we it. have an ongoing. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was like, I have it all in my head. Um, Do you? Okay. You're like getting armor for the horses. Um, it's pretty confusing. Percival is my online persona, um, but I also have a character named Percival. She has a polar bear named Polaris who she rides like a horse, and so I was just like, you're somewhere, and I was like, I um. <laughs> Yes, I can get on board with that. We have this ongoing theme since I don't know what episode number. Since we talked with Mark and Elva Rhinus, where we're going to take over a uh, a library in a castle. So it grew through our conversation. It grew into just stealing a whole castle. <laughs> and then we were going to do photo shoots. That was the whole plan. We're just going to do photo shoots in the library and around the castle grounds and everybody's going to dress up and be gorgeous. And I, I'm a photographer, so I was going to sh- take pictures of everybody. And um, if, if you want to look that up, it's on the screen, Emily Kramer art. Wow. I pointed right to it. That was amazing. Oh, I can't even do it a second time. Professional. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cause makes the horse armor and and she and horses doesn't make horses has horse owns horses cause can you also make horses anyway and then we're going to use the armor that mark and elva rhinus make because they're leather workers and uh i do some costuming as well trade is some costuming as well and we were going to like just make it one big happy and invite everybody who's creative and do like one big long photo shoot weekend extravaganza at this castle that we stole. <laughs> anyway, enough about us. <laughs> oh, I love that. I want so, like armor so bad. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. I'm Are in you the a- middle of supposedly making foam armor. School keeps getting in the way. <laughs> do you have summer plans? Um, not quite. Um, Percy from like two, three years ago, but panic. Absolutely. At the fact that I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing after graduating. And I'm completely okay with that. Um, I've started applying for jobs now. I really want to like, sew though. Um, so I'm currently having to do my graduation dress and we're actually having a spring formal that's Alice in Wonderland themed. So I'm making another outfit for that. But I've been in the back of my head wanting to do uh, a magical girl inspired outfits or either cost direct cosplays um, because I just really love magical girls um, and magical animes and things like that. And uh, first I do ones I actually watched and when I was little uh, and then expand it to just other things. Um, so Revolutionary Girl Utena is like on that list of like the second half because I haven't like watched it, but I know a lot of it. Um, and so like, that but like on the front end we have things like uh tokyo mew mew um i don't know which ones i might do or if i do a bunch of them uh mermaid melody i include that although there's an argument whether or not that's an idol anime different things like that like i loved magical girl animes i almost did a powerpoint night um because we have those here and i almost did one but the topic was magical girl animes and why ichigo from bleach should be one <laughs> oh Oh. See, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. 
he has the transformations. Like, I swear, that's why I watch it. For the transformations and the song, number one. Um, and he has these abilities and he's leveling up. And in the first seasons, they had that little, like, lion teddy bear that counts as his animal companion. Like, if you think about it hard enough, he, he even has a transformation sequence. You know, okay, now there's a whole anime that I think was inspired by this conversation. It's the one where the girl like turns into the guy, like the really buff guy. <laughs> the really buff guy. <laughs> there is there's a whole show based around that. Um, I forget what the name of it is, but if you just go look up girl who turns into buff uh, magical girl, it, they'll probably be one of the top two results. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's your homework. Yes. Everybody. <laughs> the first episode is ridiculous. Um, so you make dresses based inspired on that. Uh, what do you have? Uh, what do you have coming up or what have you done um, so far? Um, for the magical girl thing or what am I currently working on? Uh, for the magical girl thing. Um, I haven't like done anything right now because uh, I have. I'm in this independent art study course where I was sewing a collection that was kind of inspired by cottagecore, um, but rather it's the conversation of cottagecore and my identity as a woman, but also especially a black woman and the intersections of those, um, because online cottagecore is mostly presented uh, as a whitewashed um, aesthetic, as are a lot of them. And so people of color and black people who participate in them are often suppressed um, and not like seen like through the algorithms, um, especially TikToks. Um, and so I, because when I first started doing this, um, I just did it kind of, it was fun. And I had people comment, um, who were black girls who just stated, they didn't know they could do this. Um, and that like astonished me um, that I, especially as a dark skinned black woman that had become this form of representation, um, somewhat of uh, a black woman doing something that's really dainty and feminine. And often because of our blackness, uh, we're not seen as soft. Um, people um, are often dehumanized and thought of like not needing protection. I'm a social anth major, by the way. So like, this is like my happy oh, place. Oh, um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, I actually did like uh, in a different class an eco-feminisms course, uh, I did a whole thing about um, digital pastoral spaces um, and uh, how moving people uh, into like the nature uh by healing uh trauma racial trauma associated with nature um anyway, so anyway i've been making dresses for that um and yeah and so that and having to do photo shoots and like learn how to art in an academic setting like i'm not a like trained artist or like seamstress or anything like that and so entering an academic space to do art was a little odd for me because um i'm more so i jot everything down that i want to do I go from point A, I go to point B, and I'm on my next project. That's not what they're about. They're about the process. They talk about things, they change things, they think about it, they end up not doing it, they keep going. It's a lot of time, and I'm just like, I had a whole breakdown, like, like not actually crying, but like when I had my first critique and they were just like, well, what about this? And like, I was kind of stuck on stupid. I was like, mm-hmm, nodding, not there. Took me a day to process, and I was just like, okay um and so on my blog i have like the um, process logs on there um but that's what i've been doing currently um i graduate on may 14th so i gotta get started on that dress and fling is april thank you thank you um i'm just gonna say i'm a, a sociology 
anthropology major with a poli sci minor. Um, has nothing to do with I'm interested in. No one would ever guess it. Most people think I'm like an English major, art major, different things like that. And then, nope, these things. Um, <laughs> what a great way to um, marry the two, though, to, to no use that. That's really actually more powerful. Yeah, um, I've really enjoyed it um, and discussing it um, and also like interviewing my peers about it uh, and like their perspectives and what they think on it and looking on into it. Um, and I've enjoyed being able to talk about this in the academic space um, because um, I wanted to do this paper three years ago, but there was no scholarly sources on it. And so in that class, I needed an X, Y, and Z scholarly sources minimum. minimum and so I couldn't do it. And so I ended up doing a different topic. Uh, it was about um, representation uh, in Marvel, uh, like medium. So like I did comics oh, yeah. and movies, X, Y, and Z. Um, but, um, and I was able like this year, last semester or whatever, uh, to do my first dive into it. And it was because I knew how to better search, but also I could use some unofficial sources um, coupled with scholarly sources um, and talk about it. And I think it's a field that should really be looked into. Um, uh, and also questioning like how gatekept uh, academia is uh, and so like what's considered actually like scholarly sources X, Y, and Z and we should talk about this versus this is not something that should be talked about. It's not like official enough. Um, and so I don't know. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, I have some pretty cool teachers who are just like, I'm teaching you, but like also let's think about how this system of education is just perpetuating the systems it's talking about breaking. Um, I don't know. I'm a thought person. My friends, like every conversation you talk about, you find some way to turn to anthropology. It's, it's, it's my flaw. Um, it's in your blood. Yeah. Um, I yeah. can see that's, that's how right. you tick though. And that's good. Hmm. My friends hate me for jokes. Um, they make a joke and I understand the fun of joke is taking it at face value, but I, my fun is deconstructing the joke. Uh, and so they hate me for it. I'd be like, um, like, well, actually, X, Y, and Z, this is what's happening. And so it wouldn't work this way, literally. And they're just like, Percy, it's a joke. And I'm like, I know. But this is how I get my kicks. Um, <laughs> you mean Let me you have my fun. You mean you don't get your kicks on Route 66? <laughs> I'm happy you said it because I was singing it. Are you? <laughs> oh, good. Yes, I was. Um, I have a friend, um, she uh, really loves cars. Um, and so she'll say, um, ka-chow. And so I say, ka chicka chicka because um, the green car. Um. So in terms of, like, how did you find Cottagecore? Like, I I kind of want to kind of want to explore that because it sounds like you have explored a lot of time where you are, your mind is busy with so many different things throughout the day. And for me, my mind thinks of cottagecore as being this nice kind of, not escape, but a nice kind of contrast to the busy day-to-day -day life. But that is from just a, just thinking about two different themes perspective. Can you talk to me about how you found cottagecore and why it kind of means a lot to you? Yeah. Um, so I'd actually been sewing my whole life. My, like my grandma sewed on a machine. I used to watch her um, and do hand sewing, X, Y, and Z. Um, and eventually during the pandemic, I kind of just got back into sewing. Um, and I, it was a natural cross with cottagecore. Um, and like how you said it was an escapism. I really like the idea of just 
escaping like this fast-paced city and capitalism and me needing to get a job and x y and z and instead just like having a nice little cottage where i can grow all my food um and just relax and it just sounded so nice and i was stuck inside anyway like everyone else and so i kind of lived into that fantasy um and so i was like baking bread i bake a lot um it's something i used to doze it's like my de-stressor i stress bake um <laughs> and so i think it was like these my natural hobbies, not natural, but the hobbies I already have and how they aligned with Cottagecore. Um, and I kind of just went into the space uh, and there's just so many people I admire uh, in the space that I just thought was aesthetic pleasing, aesthetically pleasing. Um, and in my own nature, wanted to somewhat mimic it. Um, also, when you learn how to sew, I know for me at least, I have this complex now. I go to a store, I'm like, I can make that um, for less, like, but do you mm -hmm. want to get the time? Um, and so that was also my way of like seeing these really big, pretty, fancy dresses and being able to make it myself um, because like it's budget friendly and environmentally friendly. Like majority of my materials are from thrift stores. I don't go to fabric stores because um, like it's more costly, but also they're not like that close to me. I don't drive. I have a permit. Like if you joke, you said something about horses earlier. I'm dead serious. If I could ride horses in the street, like permanently, like get rid of the cars, I'm here. I'm here for it, um, but uh, but like yep. um, see, thank you. See, you're on board. Thank you. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, well, like no, um, most of my stuff comes from. Uh, I see you. I see you. Queen Bee was like horses. We got to get armor for the horses. That's right. Um, and I want to ride them in the street. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, anywho, uh, it's just just like how I just naturally uh, did things, and like it kind of slid into there, and I think with how the TikTok algorithm is, is that things you interact with, you're like recommended it more. And then also my just own personal content fell into this slot. And I recognized that these were the hashtags that seemed like to go in with it most. And so I kind of just fell there. Um, and it was also more feasible for me because like also my feed is just cottage, uh, not cottage, is uh, cosplayers. Um, I love them so much. I would love to do it. Um, for some reason, I've not taken that leap, but Cottage core seemed a lot more accessible and an easier step for me to get into. So, and then somehow I ended up in fairies. So, you know. <laughs> well, and we found you because Jasmine from um, Black Fay Day Official had posted about you. And uh, so I contacted you. And that's how I found you. So you had actually, did I don't think she shared a fairy thing either. It was a, more of a cottage core. Mm hmm post yeah. i think um yeah i think it was um it was a post from the summer it, we were in the oakland cemetery uh my friend and i and i like went to take pictures there because like that's like one of the open historical cemeteries it's a gorgeous place um some people in the comment section of the video were just like is that a cemetery i'm like bro we take field trips here in elementary cool um <laughs> <laughs> But um, like, yeah, and so um, I, we took some pictures and it was this really pretty, uh, I think it was like a bedspread or company or something I had like upcycle, uh, but like I made like this corset and then like this split open skirt with the white skirt and everything. And uh, she posted that um, with a couple of pictures. Um, but like, I think underneath it kind of had like cottage core, fairy corks, although I didn't have my wings in that picture. I do have other pictures where I have my wings. So. Yeah, it was a beautiful dress. I remember that. I love that style. And then you also have a video you put recently, at least I saw it on Instagram, where you're making 
a shirt, I think, out of a bed sheet. Yes. Um, so uh, it was like this shift. Um, I always laugh um, when I like show them because my I always say, ooh, scantily uh, clad or whatnot. Because shifts are historical underwears. Um, yes. So it's like a little um, little joke for myself. Um, Anywho, so um, yeah, one like because bed sheets, most people have them. You might have an old one. They're pretty light, so they're very bellowy. Um, and a shift, it's basically all rectangles and a couple of triangles. And so it like uses a very small portion of fabric. And so I was like, this is something that like anyone really could do. I'm supposed to be making a tutorial. I've been busy with school, although I have made a PDF of like the instructions of how to do it. I'm actually going to oh, be wow. doing a workshop at my school uh, on how to make them. So. Fingers crossed, I'm gonna record that so I can like upload it so more people can use it. Cool. Um, but that particular bed sheet uh, was, didn't come from a thrift store, but rather I had an older cousin, Bitco, she was like 90 something. She passed away last summer and like we were cleaning her bedroom. And so that sheet came from her. Um, and I just thought it was so pretty. My grandma looked at me like, you're gonna take that? I'm like, yeah, I can use it. Um, and so it made a pretty dress. Um, <laughs> And just so everybody knows, we we shared that to our stories today so everybody could see that particular, uh, I think it's a reel that you posted. Mm-hmm. So it's really, otherwise just go to Percival has a pen on Instagram. You'll find it. Yeah. Just watch all of the yeah. videos. Yeah. You, you'll see the photos <laughs> of it soon, actually. The photo shoot. I oh, did okay. Today, um, actually involved that. And I made two more dresses uh, that are the same style, except... One's knee length, another, instead of having bishop sleeves that come to your wrists, uh, has um, like a puff sleeve. So it's like at the bicep um, and like I just did a full photo shoot. Um, and it was more so just us enjoying ourselves and having fun. And so it was like more so memories I associate with like being um, a black girl and a black um, woman uh, and just like doing those things. So like we had sweet tea on the porch. Um, oh, yeah. We uh, played um, Go Fish. Tried to build a house of cards a lot harder, though goldfish was harder because I can't remember any of the rules. Like, I know you say goldfish and you ask for cards, but that's all I remember. Uh, <laughs> it's like, like if anyone knows how to play goldfish, drop the rules real quick. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, and so like it was really fun, and I can't wait to edit those pictures um, and like upload them. Although I do plan to make a zine. That's uh, going to be like really multimedia. So I'm going to include scraps of fabric, show the sketches um, and like the uh, storyboarding of the uh, sets that I had for the photo shoot, things like that. Um, And just a bunch of different stuff. Um, Probably draw in a picture of my cousin Bitko, who I got the fabric from, and just kind of make it like a processes book. Um, And so it can be really interactive with um, my display that I'll have. That sounds really amazing. So you do your own photography too then? Yes, I do. Um, so sometimes it's with me in a tripod and then I have a younger sister. She is okay. 12. Question. <laughs> we have okay. an age gap, like nine and 15 years apart, me and my two sisters. So don't blame me if I forget their ages. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the year difference. That's the only thing you need. They will and always so, um, be nine to you and never age yes. past that. Yes. Maybe 12, um, but. Yeah, except I do know that when my youngest sister graduates high school, I will be 30. 
Um, and I'm not afraid of being 30. The issue is that I know I go to that graduation, they're gonna look at me thinking I'm her parent, and I'm like, no, slow your horses. Don't look this way. Um, <laughs> I can relate. My youngest sister is nine years younger than me, and we used to like go to McDonald's together, and people would think I was her mother. And she would play into it too. She would be like, mommy. And I'd be like, stop it. Oh no. <laughs> stop it. Oh, now no. you're not getting McDonald's. <laughs> no, I didn't do that to think... her, but yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm I have sorry. Like one perk on you. Um, like my sister, like the, the youngest one, she's just about at my shoulder. Um, so one, I'm short. A lot of people don't think I'm short. Apparently I look tall, um, but like, yeah. no, I'm like, I'm very sure. I'm like five two, five three on a good day. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, see? Um, but uh, also, apparently, I like you look really young. Um, so, like, I'm 21 going on 22. Most people still think I'm in high school. Um, like, I even got comments. People think I'm a first uh, freshman in high school. Um, and so I'm just like, ah, cool. Like, you see me in a suit today. So, like, I kind of look my age. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, hang on to that as long as you can, because when you're in your 40s or 50s, you're going to look like you're in your 20s or 30s, and life is going to be amazing. (laughs) We'll have fun. We'll have fun. Um, It was hilarious, just like going to places, though, where there's people my age, and so it's like, if I do try to flirt, they think I'm underage, so I just never worked out. Oh, Um, no. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, very good way to let a girl's pride down. Um, like I was like fighting with you once, um, and I was at a ropes course. So of course, I, one, I asked them, "Hey, is it okay if I make like a sexual a window?" I know I said that word wrong. Don't correct me. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of words I say wrong apparently that drive my friends up the wall. One of my favorite is bucket. So like you know shopping cart. Apparently it's a buggy. I say bucket. Tea. Oh, um, mm-hmm. I have a lot. I have a long list of words. Russian roulette. <laughs> I know it's Russian roulette. They have schooled me in it. I will still purposely say Russian roulette. Um, but anyway, um, I was at the steps course, and I was like, "Hey, can I get sexual window?" And he was like, "Sure, whatever." Uh, and so I made like rope jokes, rigging jokes, whatever. Um, and so we're laughing, and then he's just like, "You're not even 16," and I stopped laughing. And um, I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm 21. And then he stops laughing. He's like, you're serious? And I'm like, yes. Um, I'm happy you're a good person and I want to flirt with an underage person. Um, like, <laughs> no, I'm like of legal drinking age. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would have been worse if he'd flirted back and then thought you were 16 and told you. Yeah. 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 It's weird, though, because like I've I've had those interactions of someone who isn't as good of a person and thought I was underage and purposely flirted. And then there's the younger people who think I'm their age and try to flirt. And so it's just like a lot of interactions going on here. Um, <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry. You're like 15. I'm just like, oh my I can't, God. I like can't so do weird. this. You're a freshman. Do you even have a le- <laughs> <laughs> The only time that ever happened to me, I was in a choir, uh, we were doing a choir tour to some different high schools within the area. And I pulled up to this high school that was maybe like an hour away from where my college was and drove myself, pulled up to the parking spot, couldn't find a parking spot. So I drove all the way to the back where they told us to park, walked into the front of the building wearing my university's sweatshirt. 
and walked in and the guy goes front office and i was like uh i was told i needed it front office okay so i go to the front office and they're like sign in here please and it started asking me from like my school id number it started asking me for my driver's license <laughs> number and who my legal guardian was and i said do i need to fill this out and they go well yeah um also what's your second period and i went oh Oh, oh no. Um, hold on. And I literally had to pull up my license to, and start arguing with this like front desk person and just go, I'm 22. And she went, Oh, Oh, I'm like, I'm here with the insert name of college here. We're here to sing today. I'm with that group. And she goes, Oh, I just thought you were really lower voiced, like sixteen year old. Okay, uh, hold um, hold on. Let me find your visitors pass. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm sorry that you were oh held back six times. <laughs> uh, so Percy, I in high school. <laughs> I, I can say this with certainty. I definitely understand uh, that pain. Definitely understand that. I'm now thirty. Um, <laughs> So I, I have since lost that ability, but I definitely understand where you come from with that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's hilarious, though, because I will be honest, I'm about to turn 22 April 30th. And half the time when someone asks me my age, I say 19 or 16 accidentally because my mind is just like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like somewhat an adult adult. What? Um, also, according to the first years at my school, I'm old. Um, <laughs> like yeah, I, I, I um <laughs> chaperoned a trip for first years, and they have called us old. Um, wow, like, I'm four years older than you. It's only four years. That's harsh. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'd like deviate so far off the question of like photography. Yes, I do my own. Um, and my I can't siblings. believe you remembered because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That, that might mean that I'm I was old. like, I how know. did we get here? Like, this is my brain on the daily. Um, people are like, how did you get from point A to point B? And I'm just like, you didn't see the connecting points? Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> Photography, yeah. though. So, like, my siblings, my siblings help me um, shoot. Um, if not, I have things haphazardly balanced on stuff, uh, taking pictures. Um, yeah. <laughs> As we all would. <laughs> okay. And then what I wanted to know what and I mean, I feel like we've heard a lot about what inspires you, but, you know, I guess it was more like the history of what has inspired you. What inspires you now, like on the daily, your the your daily. plants? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I do love seeing my babe. Um, I think it's more so I just the feeling that my clothes give me um, because I beauty and how to attain it was something to high school Percy and even younger Percy that was so mysterious and seemed to elude me like I would look at other girls and women and they do their makeup um or they wear these very fancy dresses and get all dolled up and I thought it was amazing and then I look at myself and I was like I don't know how to do that and even when I tried I didn't feel comfortable doing like assuming their type of beauty um, 
And so uh, when I put on my fairy wings or I like do this very colorful makeup and I draw on my cheeks um, and I put on these dresses that I've made for myself, um, I feel really pretty and dolled up as these women uh, that like uh, I admired when I was younger. Uh, and so I don't know, it's, it's that feeling that I really like. Um, also, typically when I make a dress, it's for a purpose. So whether or not it's catered to a feeling or a narrative in my head for a character that I think would wear this. Um, that or I'm just inspired by a fabric. Um, I go to thrift shops, as I said earlier, and so I'll see something I think is pretty. Also, fabric recording and then sewing, two separate hobbies, and I'm an extreme in both. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and so I, I, I look at what I have and I'm just like, okay, let's try this out. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really that and just keeping myself busy. Um, I don't know. I just, I really like it. It's fun. It's, I was explaining to a friend how each, with each dress, theoretically, my skills are getting better because I'm like self-taught uh, just from trial and error and watching like YouTube videos and things like that. So there's a lot of things in my previous dresses that I look back on now and I see they have a lot of like errors that I couldn't recognize or didn't know how to do better uh, in the past versus now I do. Uh, and I think that's really cool. And so seeing how I can keep doing these dresses and also challenging myself to do different silhouettes. Like for a while, I was like doing bone bodices and corsets and I was so upset. And my friend was like, why? They're very pretty. And I was like, yeah, but I want to do different things and learn different things and try stuff. And so that's part of it, I think. It's just like learning how to do all these different skills. Um, so. Absolutely. I do, we both, Trey and I both do some sewing as well. So we understand that process. Both of us are self-taught as well. Um, so I get that. Trey's probably way better than me at this point. Um, yeah, I'm you're sorry. talking about the hoodie. You, you, you made that? Um, I did, but I'm going to address Emily's point here for just a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. What amount of fabrication lie just came out of your mouth? I just really enjoyed saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, in case you didn't know, Emily um, has done a whole fashion line, um, has sewed a number of things, does lots of photography. Um, so what she just said was a lot of tongue-in-cheek, like, yeah, mm-hmm, um, and is quite skilled and quite gifted at many things sewing. I, I had a collection walk at the New York Fashion Week. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at here. <laughs> I did. But I haven't, I don't sew as often as I used to. Mm -hmm. And I decided that the fashion industry in that capacity was not for me. So yeah, I stick to costuming. I hear a lot about. Yeah, it's an ugly industry, I think. At least how it exists now. There's a lot of people working to change it. And I 100% support changing it. I'm shaking my camera or mic or something. I don't know. I'm like so excited I'm shaking it. There. <laughs> it's the rage. It? I love the, <laughs> the rage is... <laughs> okay, sorry. Um... Yeah, it's people are ugly to models. Models are human beings and nobody treats them that way. And that is wrong. First of all, that's just the first thing. And then there's so much waste with the use of plastic and materials, but also in the packaging. There's a lot. There's a lot. I just, yeah. it needs an overhaul. And the problem is fast fashion. Uh, it just keeps wrecking it. 
So I applaud the, the things you do. Making a shirt mm-hmm. out of, or a shift or whatever, out of a bed sheet. Absolutely. Thrift yeah. stores. There's yes. A lot, like, to consider there. Um, and like where you're sourcing your fabric from and then the consequences of that. And so like with the thrift store, while I'm not like getting new fabric and I'm reusing old things, a lot of the things like, um, like table sheets and curtains that I like to use, those would most likely be polyester, which are synthetic fabrics. These have plastics in them. So when I wash them, they're still like disclosing like plastics into the environment, but also because like they weren't intended to be worn as clothes, uh, sometimes these aren't as breathable. Um, and so they can like a, a trap in heat or cold or like hold scents longer and things like that. And you don't get as much selection of color. And so these are things to consider um, as well versus like if you're going to a uh, new store, uh, or a fabric store and getting new fabric uh, using like um, organic fa- uh, fabric. So like things like cotton and stuff like that, linen, um, which are very breathable, uh, biodegrade, wouldn't release plastics every time you wash them, X, Y, and Z. Like these are all things to consider. Um, and I, th- I think about them frequently. Um, also, something I get out of sewing my clothes is that uh, they're tailored for my body. Um, and so something like I had a French fashion course, um, where I had a one-sided beef with my teacher. Um, the teacher had, it was nothing wrong. I am a competitive person. Um, they spoke about corsets like once it was a blimp on their radar. They, I'm a historical like fashion enthusiast. Um, and so what she said did not align what I know of corsets. And so I was like, actually X, Y, and Z. And she was like, okay. And then after class, she posted this like book article and I was like, that doesn't agree with me. So my entire final paper was on um, structured undergarments um, and whether or not uh, they were beneficial to the mental health um, and like uh, how women perceive themselves versus when we moved on to unstructured undergarments. And so like the whole through line essentially was that when we had structured undergarments, like um, you had corsets, um, you had bustles, uh, crinoline skirts, X, Y, and Z. Uh, what these did was build out a shape and create the illusion of a silhouette versus now that we have spandex, exercising, dieting, plastic surgery, X, Y, and Z, and our clothes are directly on our skin, we don't have anything to create that illusion. We have to actually alter our body in order like to create these um, silhouettes versus like back then they just like built themselves out to create the illusion of like this is what their body looked like um and so like talking about that um and so with making my own clothes is that my clothes fit me i'm not fitting my clothes which is something i think um a lot of people have a difficulty with um especially because how standard sizing is especially for women's clothing um it's like this is the standard and should fit this way and it doesn't fit anyone and those it does fit is pretty lucky and some of those things still don't fit exactly as they should and so it creates this discrepancy of how we perceive ourselves um and so i think like learning how to sew your own clothes is a way to like know how things should best fit you um and how even if you do go out and buy something how to like alter it so it properly fits you um and different things like that and i want people to be able to uh, like know this and like have these uh tools and accessibility to do because like i know a sewing machine can be expensive but there's a lot you can do with just like a needle and thread and doing some hand sewing so and that's what your tutorials are on tiktok right yeah some of them are just like montages and just showing them like hey this is possible um and yeah i'm hoping i can like start talking about 
more so how to actually do the things I'm doing um, uh, as I like learn more. Because I flat pattern, which could possibly be a confusing thing to some people. So uh, for those who don't know, typically there's two different ways to like create a pattern and make clothes. You can drape, so that's like having a 3D form, whether or not this be your actual body and draping on yourself or having a mannequin to stand in for your body and your measurements and you're draping on that. Or, which is what I do, uh, and the cheaper option, um, <laughs> is flat patterning. And um, it's thinking like it's a 2D version of your body. Uh, and you're kind of just fitting puzzle pieces together and manipulating them um, to create new shapes. And when you sew them all together, it becomes like a 3D gown. It feels like magic to me. Like I go from like this just 2D thing and like this sheet, and then all of a sudden I have this like outfit and like, I think it's so cool. And so I want to talk more about how to do that. Um, and especially also how to do it for other people and not just sewing onto my own body, which is what this semester was about for me at school, learning how to sew for other people's bodies. Um, so. So flat patterning is for, for a lot of people, that means going to a fabric store and buying a pattern, laying it out, cutting it out. Yeah. Versus, yeah. Yeah. And Versus like there's draping. an even argument to be had there. Yeah. Um, in which you get like store-bought patterns in which are just standard size, which is actually pretty good, especially for a beginner. And you can even make alterations to those said patterns. Um, I have my own bodice block. And so this is essentially me taking my own measurements of my body and making a 2D version of like my torso. Um, and then from there, I cut it up and I make my own pattern pieces. And so legit, it's tailored just for my body. So that's great. Yeah. The amount of the amount of geometry, then breaking that from like 3D into 2D. I, wow, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I have a lot of fun with it, actually, except when like I'm in that mid moment of like doing math and it comes back to me when we're like, when will we ever use this math skill? And here I am using the Paragian theory. And I'm like, God darn it, I've become the person. And you heard it here, folks. Uh, fabric <laughs> and sewing does use the pareg. Oh my god, I can't even say it right now. My the brain P theorem. <laughs> the P theorem. <laughs> my brain has turned off. Thank you. A good night. I used to sew with a partner, and she, her method was a little different than mine. But we were creating a collection together once, and so we worked for about three straight weeks in my sewing room, and it was to get ready for. Uh, it was to get ready for Charlotte Fashion Week, really. And so she'd come over and she does the flat pattern, but every pattern piece after she cuts it out, she has to lay it on the dress form and make sure. And then she'll sew one seam and then hold it up to the dress form. And then she sews another seam and holds it up to the dress form. And she does that until it's done. Like she checks her progress constantly on this dress form. I, same flat pattern, will sew the whole thing and then I hold it up to the dress room or put it on it or whatever. And I remember thinking, gosh, what she's doing is taking, it's taking too much. It's so long. It takes her so much longer because she's constantly stopping and putting it on the dress room. But really, I guess seeing progress helps. Because mm -hmm. if you, if you see your own pro, you know, you see your own progress that that is motivating yeah. and, and you get to see that you're doing it right. Which, yeah, I what say, do you I do? I do the same as you, though. 
I did yeah. the same as you. I make a full mock-up, and then from there I see how it fits, and like I'm like, okay, I need to take in something here, or either I would like this lower, um, and I make those adjustments um, uh, to the pattern, and then I go, and then I make another mock-up, and if I like it, I'll sometimes use that as my shell or lining fabric, um, and then start cutting out of like my fashion fabric that's going to show. Um, most of the videos I upload onto TikTok are montages, so like I've already created the dress from start to finish, but a couple of them I actually like make in steps so like I'm actually uploading footage live as I'm making the dress and waiting for opinions like one of those was this blue dress I made during the summer that had like this white mesh overlay I hated that dress she gave me hell um <laughs> like she's pretty she has a full circle skirt hemming that Ooh. was hell as well but the white fabric frayed like nobody's business oh and I was just like driven up a wall by it. And then also I had so many design alterations I had to make because essentially I wanted to do like um, a boned bodice part of it where it was just like the white, um, but it didn't work out exactly how I wanted it to. Um, I am revisiting that though for my graduation dress. I'm a 10 times better sewer and I have a different material. Um, so I know how to do it. Um, but like, so I would talk and like I'd upload my thoughts and I'd actually listen to like the critiques and comments I got from my followers or anyone who just happened to find the video and was like, hey, this is my input. And I really enjoy it because sometimes you can get stuck in your own head um, and like you see things one way and I'm hypercritical of my work. Um, and so like it could be something that's really nice, but I'm focused on this one thing and it makes me just so upset about it and it's something no one else would notice. And so it helps to hear that like, no, this is actually pretty dude, you're just upset because you've been working on it for how many ever hours long and you can only see everything wrong with it. You should take a break. I like sewing in long stints. I like like getting a project and finishing it. And so like the thought of like taking a break <laughs> um, which I have been forced to do for school um, because I still have other classes while I'm doing my sewing. Um, and I still say I like my full stint of sewing. Um, but <laughs> Hasn't uh, changed. Like, I can pace myself. So like I make my pattern, take a break. I cut fabric. Also, never underestimate cutting fabric from patterns takes forever. That's like a day's job. Yes, Trey's nodding too. <laughs> Trey, what's your method though? Do you Do you sew it all together and then... Of course, everything you make is your, for yourself too. Yes. Um, so I do a little mixture of both of them. Um, sometimes if I'm a little unfamiliar, like if it's a, a cape or if it's some sort of like robe-esque type of thing, I'm not going to like drape that over the body as much. But if it's something that's a little bit more form-fitting or something of that nature, um, say a shirt or um, I'm working on uh, cutting out the pattern for a dress right now, um, explain more of that later um something a little bit more form-fitting that i will try to sew everything together drape it then make the alterations to it and then go back and start sewing the remainder of it um so it's a little mixture of both okay i remember helping with a sleeve once and it was a it was a tricky one oh it was God. like I trying to fit it in the armhole was a we had to ease it in there. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to anybody. Just this part, just imagine just bleeps all across the page, just expletives all over the place. I hate sleeves. I hate um, easing shoulders into so sleeves and arms and that sort of thing. Just make me a pattern where the arm and the shirt fit together. 
and I don't have to ease it in there. It's so much. I, yes. I agree with you. And it's such a shame because I love Bishop sleeves so much. They're my favorite sleeves. And I cry every time I have to make them. <laughs> I feel like... No, I know exactly how you feel. You do a lot of ruffling stuff too, like skirts and things. And I feel like all the gather stitches would make me want to cry. Like, it I'm really impressed. Material. I've gotten better at my gathering, so. Yeah. Um, like, I've, like, like first off, any person who's learning how to use a sewing machine, open your manual. Open your manual. It took me, like, two, three years of owning the sewing machine to open the manual. Um, and I was like, oh, I have that button. <laughs> um, yay. Um, like, I completely forgot my whole point, too. Oh, pick up your manual. Um. And uh, I learned how to like actually lengthen my um, stitches, uh, also sewing two rows versus gathering on one. So if one does break, you still have the other. Although um, there's a blue dress that I, like it's completely blue, so it doesn't have a white overlay. It has frills at the bottom. I think I did that gathering three to four different times because my thread kept breaking or I didn't like how it looked or, oh. and I was just very through, I was like, I, she went in my closet for a while for me to stop looking at before I eventually came back to finish her. Cause I looked at them in the mirror and I was like, I hate it. It's ugly. I can't deal with it. Um, this is what my friends put up with. I, I just like dump into them just like, Hey, I just, and they don't know the sewing terms. So it's hilarious. Um, and, and they nod and they, they try their best to deal with me. Um, and I love them for it. <laughs> I do that too, though. If I'm, I have, a particular shirt in the closet that I didn't finish and it was because it was annoying me and I was like you need to go in that closet and you need to think about what you did yes <laughs> yeah absolutely. you need to think about what you did to the thread and the sewing machine and my mental health and when when later I'll take you out and we can talk about that mm -hmm. we'll revisit you later <laughs> I have to put you away before I say mean things right <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Modern Romantic Podcast listening audience, now is uh, where we say a moment of silence to our mental health over projects that have caused us the most mortal amount, mortal amount of pain imaginable. We're going to take the next 10 seconds and in your head, scream, <laughs> scream into the endless void and we have, we'll feel your frustration and nod in acknowledgement. Silently scream into the void. <laughs> Silently scream into the void. <laughs> yeah, there was a skirt once I remade like three times, I remember. And it was like that. I didn't have time to make it sit in the closet and for it to think about what it did, though. I had to just keep moving because there was a deadline. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that happens. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we talked about how things fit you and how fulfilling that is. But what is like the most fulfilling thing about what you do? I don't know. It's like, I guess, well, one, seeing this flat thing that didn't exist become something. And I guess, because I draw out all of my dresses before I make them. And so seeing my sketch come to life, mm -hmm. um, I love it. But also seeing how my little sister and like, this other like little girls and stuff like that look at me because um, I'm like I'm dolled up and all this like stuff um, I think it's really cool and just like also I guess my sister now grows up with this knowledge of like yeah I can make this stuff at home like this isn't something that's inaccessible um, 
And so like my middle sister, like she's taking sewing classes right now and is super excited and was like excited to tell me about them. Um, and so I don't know, like I, I guess seeing that uh, impact um, and like what makes them happy, because I don't know, because I get like a, a joy from putting on my dresses and then I put them right in my closet. Uh, and then sometimes when I'm feeling sad, like, like in the middle of the night, it's always the middle of the night, I'll like put them back on. And I'll be sitting in my room in my mirror and just like smiling. I'm just like, ooh, this is fun. Um, I don't know. It's the feeling and then also the impact onto my siblings and just other influenceable like little kids. I think that was that's something that's huge. You have, I, I don't know if anybody has gone, I believe Kaz probably went and checked, uh, but you have such a TikTok following and what you're doing by doing what you do is actually influencing thousands, tens of thousands. You have a ton of followers and I applaud that. What you're doing as far as cottagecore representation and showing people simply you can um, and that was something we talked about a couple weeks ago with Anthony Bryce, um, that the words you can are powerful. And you're not just saying that, you're showing them how, which I think is awesome. What struck me, um, what struck me most, I think, was I have it upon your Instagram first when Emily and I were talking about upcoming guests and she shared with me your Instagram what struck me about you as a person without having listened to you talk about anything was how much natural joy comes through the things that you're showing. There's a picture of you. Um, there's a picture, no, um, like a series of edits sort of in a video um, where you've done like individual shots done like a little bit of a movie where you are kicking up these golden yellow leaves Um and then you are like in one of the next frames, you are like laying down in Seth leaves and the smile on your face was so just massive. I mean, it is like wider than the United States itself. Just how much joy is inside of that. Um, that's what struck me the most about you as a person. Um, and then going on to your TikToks and listening to not all of them, um, but for the ones that I have listening listened to, have that same sense of joy that you're fulfilling, that, that you're bringing to other people, kind of like Emily was saying. Um, but you take what brings you joy, and you, to me, it seems like you are bringing that to other people um, and bringing a lot of sincere joy to that, which I find is kind of rare at this day and age. Thank you so much. Um, it really makes me happy. Um, so like, I don't know, share my happiness with other people. Um, like literally, so my siblings, they'll be embarrassed. I'll go in the store with them, uh, and there's music playing and I'm just dancing and singing. The youngest will dance with me. The oldest looks like she doesn't know me. Um, but, um, <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and, but I do it because one, I'm very happy and I don't care how anyone else looks onto it, but also to sometimes by cracking the eyes and whether or not they're chuckling with or at you, you like let someone know that they can like be just as unabashedly and it's not something they should be ashamed of. Um, like there's a statement like how shamed is a learned, um, a learned uh, feeling uh, and how someone at once said like you sh guilty pleasures, like none of your pleasures should be guilty. Um, and it's like something I've tried to like toss out of my vocabulary. It's like, cause like sometimes you're joking and say, this is my guilty pleasure. And I'm like, 
I'm not guilty about it. It's just something that brings me happiness and I really love it. And, um, and I try to push this towards everything I do. And so like when I'm meeting people, I'm trying to make them comfortable and feel safe um, in the spaces I have. Uh, because like, I don't know, it just makes me feel happy to know someone feels comfortable in something I've created. Like a comment I've received a few times is that someone's stating they feel safe um, on my page and different things like that. And I'm just like, I'm so happy I was able to cultivate that for you because like as we were saying about cottage court earlier how it's escapism this was something i did to escape and i'm happy you can come here um and just kind of rest and enjoy yourself um whether or not that's chuckling or it's just calming down um and i really love that i i take so much pride in being able to make people feel safe and that comes across as very genuine with you and i like that as well mm-hmm. <laughs> we just brought you on here so we could sit here and compliment you for the next hour <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, so being in school, you're looking for jobs, you're about to graduate. Um, <laughs> is that scary? Um, I mean, when I was a junior, yeah, that was terrifying. I was asking recent graduates, like, like, how did you find a job? Do you have a job? What's the experience like? Because um, I'm a natural procrastinator, so that means I need to be 10 steps ahead of myself if I don't want to be behind. So that meant the worrying starts early. Um, and um, now it's kind of like I'm really chill about it. Um, it's the realization that, like, getting a job straight out of college, not the norm. You're okay. I'm also existing in a pandemic world. And where banks are theorizing whether or not we're in a recession. Um, So I'm kind of just like, I'm here, whatever. Um, Also, my mom is like, she's not going to kick me out. Um, So I think that helps a lot in the back of my head that like, I'm not going to end up stranded somewhere without a home. Like I have a home. Do I want to eventually have my own place? I I, they're party animals. I like the quiet. And so, like, and I also want a space to sew because I currently sew in my bedroom, so it's a mess 24-7, and it has carpet, so there are needle bombs everywhere in the carpet. Um, Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I kind of use it as a threat when my siblings bother me and I want them out. I'm just like, I will put needles at the door. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a new one for me. I've stepped on a needle enough time that at this point I, I I'm immune or rather I just don't care. I feel the prick. I pick up my foot. I take it out and I'm chill. Um, keep it moving. Right? <laughs> keep it moving. Um, but like, I don't know, just knowing these things. And then I talk to my boss about it a lot. And like the place I work at currently, I work here. I was first attracted to it because of the community it fosters and just like how it like kind of loves on all of us. And I'll tell my boss about these worries pretty frequently. And she's like, one, Percy, you're too qualified to not have a job. Uh, But two, we wouldn't let you slip through the cracks. And just knowing I have these support systems here that are going to make sure that I'm okay, I think makes me feel good. Um, Also, I, when I came to college, I was not a social major. I was first an IR major, so that's international relations. Dropped that to poli sci, then eventually came to social. I actually loved social first. I was talked out of it. Someone was like, these are some of the worst majors uh, to major in. Uh, you can't get jobs with them. It's so niche, X, Y, and Z. Um, and so I was like, okay. And I didn't feel confident. And I was in a place that like pushed in. 
um, like as much joking about how I don't like math. Um, if you search like my full name, which I haven't given you, so you can't search it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but essentially, um, I have a paper published in the American Journal of like Chemistry. Uh, like I'm a published scientist. I worked at like in a graduate research uh, inorganic like chemistry lab. Um, I've what? done like work in conferences and travel and present it and X, Y, and Z. And so like um, I have a background in science because I was in a place where science was pushed and I could do it. It wasn't what I loved though, um, but I was under the belief that I couldn't thrive in life unless I had something that was STEM related. And so uh, I, I was trying to do that. Um, and eventually though, I accidentally stumbled back into a sociology class 101, fell in love with it, just kept taking the courses, picked it up as a minor, eventually made it my major. Um, and it's learning this process and then reconnecting with my hobbies of sewing and baking during quarantine and realizing I just want to do things I love and that I'm happy with. Um, like that whole, I don't dream of labor. Like I don't dream of like working a job that I don't love or something like that. Like I value my happiness first and also learning that like, cause I feel like one with social media, it's so easy to want to have a presence um, and have people know you. And it's because you see everyone else do it and it kind of feels like that's what you should be doing. And if you're not known, you don't exist. Um, but realizing that I would be very happy in a cottage where I have like some hens, uh, an elderly dog, two cats, um, and just like I'm baking and I'm trading stuff with my neighbors and I'm just relaxing. Um, like that's like my happy place and my goal in life is to like get that space. And that space does not have like me being like broadcast across the world, everyone knowing my name. And I think that like realizing that you don't need to be known to be happy is something because like maybe a better way to put it is that um, I used to have this English teacher. Um, her name is uh, Camilla Moon. I called her Dr. Moon like a lot of the students here. Um, she didn't have a doctor's degree, but we respected her by calling her doctor. She passed away last year. Um, it was really shocking. Um, but I had the opportunity pre-pandemic to have like this dinner with her because like my school, I like lived in this house dormitory. And so we used to host dinners with our professors. And so I had this dinner with her and we asked questions, but she ended up asking a question of us. And the question was, if the world wasn't how it was and you didn't feel the need to save it, what would you be doing? And when she said that, it was like such a big thing to me because it's like, yeah, we felt the pressure to save the world. And so everything we've been doing is targeted towards how can we best help the world and everything else versus asking the question of what makes us happy and how are we doing that? And realizing that, and it's just, it just stumped me. And I'm just like realizing what are the things that make me happy? And I'm okay just having the small existence and doing these things that make me happy and being with my loved ones. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't even know, how, I forgot how I got here. Uh, but like, I, I think that's why I'm not too worried about like, I'm graduating and I don't know what I'm gonna be doing. Um, I'm still figuring it out. And I have the support systems that allow me this blessing of like still figuring things out. So you actually answered my second question without answering because I was leading towards that. But then I saw your face go uh, for a second. And I was like, mm, let me ask this first question. So you actually answered my second one, which was what's next. And it is, I think it's to put a pin in that and say, I'm comfortable exploring that, but it's what makes me happy.
That's uh, wonderful. My grandpa. Oh, thank you. My grandma doesn't like the answer. She's just like, what jobs have you been searching for? Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I've been looking. I'm just surfing the internet. I I'm think that's, I was going to mention that it's probably a generational thing that people didn't always focus on what job made them happy. They focused on what job supported their family or what job got them the furthest or, you know, what career path would make the most money. And mm -hmm. I remember growing up with that. I remember my dad saying, all right, is it going to be doctor or lawyer for you? And I was like, I never considered either one at all. <laughs> and so the fact that he said that to me, I was like, like, do you really, are you serious? <laughs> I have to pick one of those. Because <laughs> at the time, those were two of the highest paying jobs. And I had no attraction to either one. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I never was told to go after something that made me happy. I was told, get a good job. So yeah, I think I think the health, how do I put this? I think it's really healthy that you have this outlook now and you have the support system to support that outlook. And I think that matters. And I think it matters because we are in a, what a mental health crisis in America. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because our past thinking about life didn't work. It, mm -hmm. it wasn't effective. Yeah. And I love that you are able to take a step toward changing that in your own life. Try my best. Leading back to like anthropology, one of my favorite courses I took, like maybe in my whole like college career, um, but definitely of last semester, it was this class on death. Um, oh. I'm like, oh, more of it makes me happy. Um, <laughs> but it was called Afterlives of Empires. Um, and so okay. we're talking about biopolitics um, which is essentially how the state governs who should live and who should die and what does living and dying mean, um, and also necroviolence. And so this is violence done to the dead. Um, mm -hmm. And X, Y, and Z, like we had a lot of conversations and read a bunch of ethnographies. Um, and while doing it, like my definition of what it means to be dead, like changed um, because our definition of living and life is so connected to productivity and capitalism, like as long as the body can serve a function and like produce goods um, or money in some form of way, it is living. But when it can't do that, it's not considered living or living to the full capacity. Um, and then all these other things come into play. Um, and just realizing that like we've commodi commodified ourselves and things like that. Um, and taking a step back from that, um, I don't know. It, it was just like a really big processing thing for me. Um, also, I think I'm in the right time for these thoughts. Uh, and when I say the right time, I mean, we had the great resignation. A lot of people um, would rather quit their jobs and have to go back in person or have to give up like the um, things they got during quarantine. Um, and which it's been proven that we can like have jobs this way. So why are we going back to like how it formerly was? Um, and then also just like we treat our workers like crap, um, like these people, they are replaceable. Um, they're not human. They're and like and part of it is these workers are realizing they're worth more and not just in money, but in care and X, Y and Z. And so my grandma used to 
she understood it, but she was also like, none of these stores I go to have people. And it's like, wow, it's a huge inconvenience. I'm like, also maybe hopefully fingers crossed, this is causing some type of change. Cause then I had a different class with that same professor. Um, we frequently spoke about the word um, apocalypse. Um, Cause in Hollywood, apocalypse kind of means like doomsday, end of times. But the actual definition of apocalypse, apocalypse um, means a revelation or a new understanding. So it doesn't mean the end of something, it's just rather you're uncovering information. And so we've been in this apocalypse of uncovering like all this bad stuff and all these things are happening, but we haven't passed the apocalypse. Like we're just still uncovering stuff, but it hasn't caused any lasting effective change. Like we have small things, but like what breaks the camel back? I'm a poli sci minor, so I'm like, hey, we have it written in our contract, like the social contract of why we have government that like, if it isn't fitting our needs and protecting us from the Leviathan, like, hey, we can like uproar, tear the contract and start anew. Why haven't we? What is it gonna take for us to like revoke the contract? And so it's like watching and like hoping maybe a tipping point has come. And I know tipping points come with a lot of discomfort and a lot of growth. Um, it should be romanticized or anything like that, but it's understanding that we can't get to something better without like analyzing where we currently are and trying to fix these systems um, and knowing that it won't be comfortable because like when we get comfortable in something or like we're only focused on our comfort, we're only willing to go so far um, before we're just like, mm, I don't recognize what that other thing is. Uh, like one of my favorite quotes uh, is from Sarah Kay, one of my favorite spoken word poets. She's quoting um, what she says, this is a uh, feminist, feminist group, Vox uh, Feminista, um, comfort the disturbed, disturb the comfortable. Um, and uh, I, I like thinking about that and just knowing that like sometimes it requires me being uncomfortable, having conversations and listening to certain things, but then also realizing when I'm at my breaking point and I need to comfort myself and take a step back. Um, and it's about finding these balances going back and forth. So that actually is kind of like a mirror to how the romantic era started in sharp contrast to the industrial age. It's kind of it's kind of a mirror to that. Which is part of why I started this whole modern romantic brand. Uh, because I love those things like cottagecore and um, art and music and nature and all the things that the tech world kind of isn't. Mm -hmm. Although those are tools that we're obviously currently using right now, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> but it's not life. It kind of feels like it's a distraction almost like, yeah, it's nice to, to, to stay in contact for things. And it's nice to, to have them for some conveniences for things, but it also kind of feels like it's the thing that's distracting us from making some of this change. And I'm not going to get super political on this, on this topic. Um, but there are moments that I have to question whether progression of technology is always for the betterment. Um, and if it's taking us away from enjoying life, which is why I'm glad that there are people like you who have shown us that life is about the things that you enjoy more and celebrating it at a time when you um, kind of at a very tumultuous time, 
So again, I'm going to go back and I'm just going to take this moment to applaud you. Um, thank you, you, thank you. I think Percival with a pen suits you incredibly well. Um, you are fighting a lot of things with a pen in your hand. You are eloquent. You are um, very, very powerful with the things that you say. Um, coming in at a strong 5-2, I mean, I do have to say, you are going to take down some some major baddies in your lifetime. So world, watch out. We have Percival with a pen um, ready to chop off some heads in the most delightful, um, professional way possible, but definitely going to chop off some heads. <laughs> and she's going to smile real big when she does it. <laughs> okay, I have a question. Unless you do, mm -hmm. Trey. No, go for it. Okay, so I want to know if you have any big dream projects that you would love to have happen. Um, so, yeah, a couple of them. So one, I mentioned earlier how I want armor. Um, because I have a personal persona and like I'm called Percival. And so I would love to like make my own armor or like get some armor. Um, I've been looking into scale mail. I think it's so cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just like want. And I also want to do like um, like smithery, like uh, metal work or whatnot. Like I just love getting my hands and being able to create things from scratch. Um, it's something I'm somewhat obsessed with. Um, and so like, yeah, I want armor and to be able to take pictures of it and just kind of revel in that like knighthood, um, even if it's just like a fantasy in my head. Cause like, I actually like research like, okay, plate armor when you had chain mail um, and like the different types of armors in X, Y, and Z, very different from how we have things in fantasy versus like um, realistic, but I would love to actually do that. Um, and then other things uh, I mentioned earlier, like how my happy place is like this cottage with like the hens x y and z um i want to be able to have a self-sustaining like farm even if it's like miniature or what excuse me or whatnot or whether i'm growing stuff and able to trade it with my neighbors um like i don't know the idea of that self-sufficiency is very comforting um but also i have to like put into the realization that this also requires work uh, and a lot of different things like that. Like I was literally just tending to a 36 foot box um, and took all day and was very tired. I was very happy after doing it, but my body was very sore. And so like thinking about that and realizing how much work that would actually be um, to achieve that, it doesn't scare me from it, but it's also just like, hey, Percy, you got this in your future. Like this is something you're gonna be dealing with. Um, I don't know, I enjoy it. Like my friends are all just like, yeah, Percy's gonna be in your little cottage. Um, I'm going to be chilling, relaxing. Um, so I don't know. These are like some dream things. Um, I don't know. Building homes. My family is a very DIY building thing. Um, I love fire. Fire has a mixed relationship with us. Um, I mention this because we've had several homes like burned down and we built them back ourselves. Um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Wow. And, so, like, and we built rooms and stuff. Uh, and like, I just grew up like people hear construction and they hate it. And like, I grew up listening to construction, waking up and it's kind of a comforting sound because I'm hearing my family like working and building on something. And so I often joke that like my coming of age thing is me buying power tools, um, and getting my own like kit and stuff like that. Um, so that I can start like doing these things myself versus using my family's tools. Wow. Um, and so I don't know, that's something I really love. And so like being able to like build all these things and make it yeah the dreams <laughs> i love that so much 
I have I have a couple power tools for that reason. Yeah. Although I haven't had a house burn down. That sounds very tragic. <laughs> and what a horrible loss. So I'm sorry yeah. you've had to experience that. But how incredible that you rebuilt the way you did. That's yeah, mind-blowing. Um, Percy, I do have one question for you. Uh, mm -hmm. Can I be you when I grow up? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, shucks. Um. <laughs> I... The more that you, the more that you just explain, um, or the more that you elaborate, you, I had just have to say that you have an, some incredibly bright things ahead of you, whatever you decide to do, um, you have some incredibly bright things ahead of you. Thank you so much. Also, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I am, I'm an academic kid. Oh my gosh. And so earlier you mentioned, um, like technology and all I could think about was the theory of modernity. Um, I took a class on um, development, the theory of development and um, uh, I can't think of the second part of the name, um, but essentially what you're talking about is uh, how we conflate modernity. Uh, so like, uh, like moving forward and everything like that with uh, having to have all new things and leaving behind traditions so like modernity and tradition are opposites, but that doesn't have to necessarily be true. And a lot of things that we are currently achieving in our society um, are things that we actually practiced in the past um, that were lost due to a lot of things. Um, one of them, just like the West, the like the global West um, enforcing their ideas and colonialism and like what this impact had on different cultures and like them losing those things and now we're coming back to them. Um, and so like when, when you're talking about like technology and stuff like that, uh, also like how like there's this um, technology treadmill like term. Uh, I was taking this course on like big food. And so essentially one in the past, a lot of like the US used to be like farmers. We barely have any like family owned farms anymore. Um, most of it's just big food. Um, so this is corporations and done on an industrial scale. Um, but for those who are still farming, uh, they have to like take out these loans to get like this new uh, technology to keep up. Um, but then like if that breaks or another technology comes out, like uh, they have to take out another loan to get the new technology so they can keep up. And it somewhat forms this treadmill where you're going back and forth between these loans and getting technologies, trying to get money and keeping up. And so what you're saying about technology, not necessarily like being the answer because often when we see something wrong within nature, that's a problem either we've caused or we haven't caused, but it's a problem we found, we often look towards technology and science and like something new to input and fix versus looking what existing solutions already exist within that ecosystem or like copying or mimicking nature um, in which these things might be more like have longevity to them uh, because like it's something from within nature versus trying to put a foreign object into like an environment. Um, so I was, I was just thinking about those things um, when you said that, and I just wanted to bring it up. No, thank you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the person who will be elaborating on everything that I will say forever in my lifetime, uh, Percival, jeez. <laughs> I really do like the way you think, though. I like that you're a thinker. Thank you. Thank you. You, you have to come back and be on the show again. Please. Oh, I absolutely love it. It's so much fun talking with you. Is it? Oh, good. Yeah. We, we try. We think we're fun, but you know, <laughs> we're we're in a bubble. 
we might be in the same bubble. I was talking to my boss earlier and I was telling her how, cause I had to give a presentation on copyright. Um, and I was talking about how much fun it is visiting the official copyright website and all the information that they have there. And she's like, only you um, would think that is fun. <laughs> I, I can relate to this because I have read the same website and See? Yeah, and went too far than further than I needed to read for the thing <laughs> I was looking up because it was fascinating. Yes, can confirm. <laughs> and I look at them for things that I can use for my YouTube page, so I don't get copyright strikes uh, right. for like uh, written and like the transmission into electronically recorded media. Uh, mm -hmm. So I look for things that uh, have gone into. Uh, public domain. Uh, so I too have also read that website extensively. And for those That's listening, his YouTube is OrphyTunes, O-R-P-H-Y Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, not T-O-O-N-E-S. Though for those, listening, <laughs> for those listening, they might consider me a tune for the amount of uh, jokes I make. <laughs> is it You're tunes because you like music? I'm sorry. Like your name? Is your name like Orphe Tunes because you like music or like yes. what does it lead to? Okay, um, right. uh, yeah, just the Orpheus myth has come up uh, quite frequently in the past couple of years. Um, I was in a show. Um, there's a whole opera. One of the first major operas was actually written on the Orpheus myth. Um, so the Orpheus tale is just going to come back into um, play in my life a lot recently. And I was like, I'm not going to call myself Orpheus because that implies a lot more along with that. So I like Orphe. Orphe is a nice modernization. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, like, I know this tale best from Hades Town, so, like, it's my favorite musical. Um, so, like, I read that. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, there's this YouTube channel called Waiting in the Wings, I think, who did, like, a whole documentary on um, Hades Town. It was, like, a an hour or two long, gorgeous. I loved it so much. Um, but I was also asking because it's, there's this other YouTube channel called, um, I literally just had the name. I hate it, I dropped the name. Um, I'll find it. Um, but it's essentially it does. Uh, these... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My humor comes full circle too often. I'm sorry, I, you know I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. I'm just like, th th there's the memory already leaving. I mean, my joints have already joined the own gang. I'm like, I'm a five <laughs> person with a six two flip person problems. Like, what is this? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I I really want to. But anyway, I, I was asking. I can't think of the name of the YouTube channel right now. Um, but essentially, it's why I've become somewhat of like I love movie scores and so I go to movies and like that's my little buff my movie buff portion is scores um like I literally play a game like uh where I love listening to movie scores like on random radios or what I have in my Spotify favorite list um and being able to guess what song is on just by being able to listen to it and not looking anywho um and so uh that channel goes in depth and talk about talks about them I think the first video I saw um, was about Wonder Woman and the difficulties of creating her theme because essentially Wonder Woman was first introduced in Batman versus Superman in like the cinematic universe. Um, and so because there was no context on there, 
on her book and they want to give her a theme they weren't making a theme based off of her character but instead in juxtaposition to the existing characters of Batman and Superman in which superheroes are often um, characterized with brass and horns this gives a fanfare um, but because like uh, they wanted to differentiate with her as she's a woman um, they're like how can we do this and so they ended up uh, selecting with electrical violin issues with this is that eventually uh, Wonder Woman gets her uh, own movie. But now she has this theme that, that's based off of exposition and not actually her as a character. And so now they're having to like somehow supplement this in there, um, but like include instruments and stuff that would go with and create motifs motifs uh, for her actual character. And so like that was the first video I saw and I absolutely loved it. And so like I like consumed everything else I can and now I go to the movies uh, and I listen for the movie scores and what motifs that are coming up with and I gotta say I have a pretty good score of being able to guess how a movie is going to go my friends hate me for it um but it's like pretty fun and pretty darn great and so like when you brought up teams like I, I love talking about movie scores and so anyone I can find to chat about it I'm like hey hi let's talk um well when when you come back we'll we'll do movie scores then We'll get we'll get Howard Shore on here too, maybe at the same time. I say that so confidently. Trey, can you put a call into Kamala? We haven't done that yet this episode, and we I was thinking maybe it. she could. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Maybe she could help us get Howard Shore. Uh, we haven't called Kam uh, Kamala in a, a couple of episodes, so I will make a phone oh, call no. to her like after uh, after this podcast. Okay. Um, also, I found the YouTube channel. Oh, you it's did? Oh, yeah. Tell us what it is. It's called Sideways. Sideways. So, um, Percy, uh, first and foremost, if if it hasn't been clear from the from the amount of praise that Emily and I have been giving you to uh, to you throughout the evening, it has been such an utter delight. Thank you again so much. Um, tonight, uh, tonight I go back. Um, pulling from the musical knowledge, uh, I go back to a poet, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, a German poet. And his quote is, all the knowledge I possess, everyone else can acquire, but my heart is all my own. Ah. Um, we are pretty much now available on every major podcast outlet. You can't get away from us. We do live here now. We are your friends, whether you like it or not. We are coming to Rage Your Fridge. So please have your fine, fancy cheeses ready. As usual, I do like a good brie and I do like a good Parmesan. It's not great on crackers, but you know what? You know what? I don't care. I like it anyway. Um, listen, <laughs> listen for free wherever you get, acquire, collect, access, pillage, plunder, or download podcasts. Uh, for updates, announcements, and info on who our next guests are, please follow us on social media. Also, please, 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 if you like what you're hearing, please take the time to share it with your friends, your family, your uh, grandmother who has a little bit of dementia. Uh, please just share it with somebody who you love, um, who you think would enjoy our podcast as well. Um, it just takes a couple quick clicks to share us to Facebook and any other social media outlet uh, just to help get us our name out there. And it is everybody's favorite four-letter word, free to do so. So please help uh, grow our channel and share us with the friends and families and creators that you also love. Um, everyone needs to go follow Percy at Percival Has a Pen on TikTok and Instagram. Oh, yes. So with that being it. said. Anything uh, you want to add, Percy? 
Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe a quote. Uh, you you gave a quote. I want to give. Yeah. A quote. Okay. I love yeah. Cool. Do I love it. Quote so much. Um, yeah. I might not quote it correctly because it's from memory. Um, but it's from a show that is a comfort show of mine called Troll Hunters. Um, Never forget that fear is but the precursor to valor. That to strive and triumph in the face of fear is what it means to be a hero. Don't think, become. Yeah, it's really good. Slain. Done. (laughs) (laughs) I always want to clap louder, but my mic is like right here. And I don't want it. I I know what it sounds like when I go back and edit it. (laughs) It's like... I end up being like, ah, get the headphones. (laughs) So, yeah, okay. Thank you for that quote, Percy. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you too, Trey. Thank you. Good job. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) No, you're not. It's fine. (laughs) This is how we normally are. To, uh, to everybody at home, thank you so much for tuning in to the Modern Romantic uh, tonight and for being with us. For those of you, if I haven't said it to you already, I'm proud of you. See, I'm proud of you for all that you've accomplished, and I can't wait to see what else you will accomplish. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.